0: Patsy DeFerrance is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, I am pumped. I am jacked. I am amped. I am insert another verb expressing excitement here because we have our second annual fantasy breakdown episode with Joe Dolan of Fantasy Points, which we're going to get to Joe in a second here. Everything you want about the Patriots, any fantasy questions you have as we are live again once more on YouTube, Uh, drop them in the comments joe and i will get to them i'm honestly just going to defer to joe i'm not in any leagues this year uh so i'll let the expert be the expert in the meantime before we get to joe we have a couple housekeeping notes this is our third episode of the week a rarity here in the pats interference podcast brought to you by fandle the exclusive wagering partner of the clns media network and that is partly because i don't know when we'll be back (laughs) it's not supposed to be some sort of Dramatic mention here. Like, we'll, we'll record twice next week. We'll publish them. We'll probably do one that'll be live. But with the timing of tomorrow's preseason game on Friday against the Titans, you have a weekend when most people are not on the internet, uh Monday, and then Tuesday's cutdown day. You know, I'm still unsure when we're going to be back. So it could be Tuesday night at the latest. It should be Wednesday morning. If you don't hear from us until Wednesday morning, nothing wrong. We will have full breakdowns, another guest get through everything on the Patriots 53 man roster. That is coming up next uh my next note three days ago I did a 53 man roster projection I thought mostly went well uh some folks the most common criticism which we're always welcome to here on the pod was no Kayshawn Booty Kayshawn Booty um had his two best practices yesterday and Tuesday worked with Mac Jones because Demario Douglas has been limited he was a stud in both of my practice reports caught four passes yesterday including a touchdown for Mac Jones Mac Jones last pass of training camp went to Kayshawn Booty back in the end zone big celebration two seconds left they score so if I got a a do-over uh or as I once said famously to my high school friends a re-over um not a thing Booty makes a 53 and I don't say this as like a mea culpa I just say it as in if I was doing another roster projection he would be on it I think his last two weeks as he has ascended and shown improvement uh, are really meaningful. And again, I, I put into context this touchdown against Green Bay. It was a great touchdown. He was fluid, in stride, caught it, scored, finished the play. I didn't make as much of it as I think others did, but that's one data point in a series of them. And when you look at all these points, they're going one direction, baby, and it's up, and I think to the 53-man roster. So, one quick note on that: if I was doing one today, Booty would be on a mere speed of special teams fame. And now the developmental player label from none other than Bill Belichick on Tuesday. Uh, would be off because I don't think they'd have much competition for speed at this point. He was basically number 53 anyway, if you go back and listen to Monday's episode. Uh, But that's it. Booty, good for you. He's improved. No more roster projections for me. Last thing, and then we're going to get to Joe and the fantasy questions, breakdown, everything you want to know. Patriots wrap up the preseason tomorrow night, Tennessee, 8.15 local time. I don't expect much. Okay, The joint practices that were canceled would have told us a lot more about this team um, than tomorrow's game will. And that's just the truth of the matter. They cancel them. I think the Patriots, from people I've talked to, got a lot more out of Green Bay than they even expected to in terms of the work and the reps, the starters, the backups, sifting through all these position battles. Very, very content with that. They don't want to wear down their players. You know, reported earlier in camp that the, the load management has been something on Bill Belichick's mind. You can see it now the way they cancel joint practices. They're not going to go full throttle tomorrow with all of their starters and backups. Okay. Mac Jones looked like on Wednesday when he's taking, you know, 23 dropbacks. Uh, gets pass off on, on, t- on 23 then I mean, we really took 30 there were seven sacks yesterday but anyway he gets a heavy workload he's probably not going to play friday night so a lot more billy Zappi, trace mcsorley and that's okay because this game of course like any preseason game it's not about winning <laughs> it's about getting in staying up and staying healthy and in this last week determining who gets to stay on the roster and who wins a backup job uh and gets to make it so I'm just going to give you a few players to watch. That is going to be the preview. I think that's the healthiest preview you could have for a preseason game, which as soon as it ends, everyone on my end of things is doing roster projections and recapping the summer and training camp stats and yada, yada. And you're looking ahead because finally, finally on Sunday, we will be two weeks away from real football and the Patriots play the Eagles in Gillette Stadium. So. Those players that I mentioned to watch for tomorrow. Booty, number one with the bullet. I think he would have to have a disastrous last game to be considered back on the bubble. That's how good I feel about his last two days. In the last two weeks, again, it's been a long stretch for him of just steady improvement. City Sal at right tackle. He's making the team, uh, but he might be your right tackle, even though Mike who came back to practice yesterday, didn't participate in team, team drills. We didn't see him as a guard or as a tackle. I, Belgic has repeatedly said they want to keep him at guard. But City Sal right now might be and he needs as many reps as possible at right tackle. Looked fine in Green Bay, better than he did against Houston. Uh, a solid performance against Tennessee should give you hope in a way that we really haven't had, rightfully so, with a fourth-round rookie who played guard in college and is now doing something different in their pros. Calvin Munson, uh, he was number 52 on the roster for me for reasons that I detailed, playing more top snaps on the defense in practice, did it in the second quarter against Green Bay, and he's a core special teamer. All four coverage teams, you can find number 43 on there. I don't know, because again, he's 52 on my 53-man roster, if that's enough to put him on for the Patriots. But if he makes a couple defensive plays, again, stays healthy, it is still on those special teams units, i feel good about him. If he's not, then you might see him cut, and folks like me and Phil Perry and others go, well, we, we missed on one. Um, last two, Sam Roberts, defensive lineman, real up and down. I said on uh, Taylor Kyle's pile just yesterday, Last couple of weeks have been like an EKG. You know, he is up and down and up and down and up and down. Two penalties against Green Bay. Sam Roberts made the team last year. Is a six-round pick. You play a clean game against Tennessee. You know, continue to play a strong run defense there. Often as a five technique, he's getting just a bulkier uh, defensive end. Um, or maybe some pass rush inside. Should get him on the team, but he needs to do a little bit more, in my opinion. Last one, uh, rookie kicker Chad Ryland, who I wrote two weeks ago that this kicking competition was unexpectedly close. Two weeks later, we're on the same spot because Chad was one of four in Tuesday's uh, practice. Just one practice. But the next day, Nick Falk goes six of nine. First of all, nice. Second of all, six of nine actually isn't nice (laughs) from a kicking percentage. So I, again, expect Ryland to make the roster. The leg strength is just so evidently much better with him than it is Nick Falk. But they've been in the same ballpark and neighborhood in terms of, percentage of field goals made from a variety of distances all of camp that's not what you want from a specialist you traded up for in the fourth round but that's where we are and kicking in tennessee it's not the easiest stadium in the world to kick that's a real grass turf field um and so we'll see how he deals with that because bryce barringer as we all know if you've been listening to anyone at (laughs) clns i've been telling you all along bryce barringer's making the roster all right i know you know this but i'm not sure you feel it so i want you to listen very closely football season is about to kick off high school college and especially the nfl and in the nfl fanduel is giving you a chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a super bowl winner you can get bonus bets every single time that team wins in the regular season just pick any team to win the super bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory you can use these bonus bets on things like spreads player props over under and ton tons more new bets new games new everything every single week in the nfl at fanduel so, visit fanduel.com slash Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's fanduel.com slash Boston. Gambling problem in Massachusetts, call 1 800 Gambler. Hope is here at gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support. In New York, call 1 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY. Must be 21-year-older and present in select states. Bonuses are issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. Restrictions do apply. Please see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Okay, now you can listen to someone not from CLNS. This is Joe Dolan, owner and managing editor of Fantasy Points. He has a radio show, SiriusXM XM Fantasy. He is a co-host of Fantasy Feast and Ross Tucker. He has won awards for his radio work, his writing in fantasy. He and I are buds from long ago. Joe, welcome back. You got your coffee and your water, and then I made you sit for 10 minutes. So have you have been hey. shaking? Or what's going on?
1: Not a problem. I was I was actually cleaning out my inbox. I'm a clean inbox <laughs> kind of guy, Callahan. If I have an unread email, it's something that I want to get back to. So I was cleaning out my inbox while you were giving that wonderful uh, monologue. Uh, I, you know, Kayshawn Booty is not a player that I've been <laughs> Really considering much for fantasy, but potentially somebody I have to uh, down the line. So uh, good to hear from you. Good to hear about the Patriots. Uh, Two uh, two and a half weeks away from week one. It's going to be interesting to see what Bill O'Brien has cooked up for, uh, for Mac Jones and the boys.
0: Fantastic. All right. So as I said in the beginning, if you have a fantasy question, anything pertaining to a draft, any format, any player, any team, drop it in the comment section. This is your time with Joe as much as my time with Joe. I can text him and call him and we'll text him and call him after we hang up. But I don't think you can. So take advantage of this now. Uh and I'm at our producer feel free to throw those up that you think are best in the comments cuz we'll get to them. In the meantime, right off the bat, this is how you make your first impression Joe. I need your spiciest Patriots fantasy take.
1: Oh, here's my spiciest Patriots fantasy take. Um I have been dreading this podcast because <laughs> The Patriots are maybe the hardest team for me to break down from a fantasy football perspective all year because they were so bad last year from in basically with the exception of Ramondre Stevenson. And even then, Stevenson didn't score a whole lot of touchdowns with the exception of Ramondre Stevenson. They were so bad from a fantasy perspective last year. And then they didn't go out and really do all that all too many interesting things this off season um, with the exception of getting an actual professional play caller in the, in the building, which I think people are really excited about in new England. No, this is a, this is a very difficult fantasy team to break down and really has been Callahan since, since Tom Brady moved on. But um, there, there, let me, let me uh, liken it to a new England um, kind of uh, kind of analogy here. It's like eating a lobster. You gotta you gotta pick through the shell and there's meat, okay. and I think there's gonna be some meat with the Patriots. It's just a matter of finding it, and it, it I'm I've been challenged to do so thus far, but I think there's going to be some value at some point on this team. I don't know if it's gonna be value that you're drafting uh, in your draft or if it's value that you're gonna be picking up off the waiver wire two three four weeks into the season. I think there's going to be some meat in a Bill O'Brien lobster. I will say.
0: I got to be honest, I was uncertain where that analogy was going and how far it would go and how well it would go. But I think you stuck the landing, buddy. I, I no, like that you. idea of it's going to take you time to peel off the shelf, whatever. I'll, I'll just admit it. I, I don't eat lobster. Um, but it did have me wondering if your if your coffee was Dunkin'. We have we have Dunkin' over there.
1: No, this is uh, this is something local here in Greenville, South Carolina. So it's okay. uh, in, in a Villanova in a Villanova football mug.
0: So. OK, now it's getting worse. It um, <laughs> <laughs> says the Yukon guy. But look, it is going to take time. Because the Patriots' offense as a whole is going to take time, as most offenses do with, you know, limited preseason, fewer padded practices, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Mike Gesicki, of course, is also injured. That's going to factor in. that yep. detailed? he's kind of elbowing out for snaps as a fifth-skill position player with Ramondre Stevenson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, and Hunter Henry, all entrenched in their own starting job. So whether it's him or Kendrick Bourne or Pop Douglas, who we can get into, like, it will take time to develop. I don't think... They have a firm idea of who their five best are and it'll depend on the week, the opponent game plan, blah, blah, blah. But that's something they will learn by late October. So keep an eye on the waiver wire. All right, Remondre Stevenson. Yeah. I'm going to take a victory lap. I was calling him Stevenson right away, going in your podcast, helped your listeners, your readers, your viewers. Uh, not the, the biggest leap in the world to take. Your two player who's going to start and be better than Damian Harris was uh, even when Ramondre was a rookie. But everyone's on Ramondre Stevenson right now, even with Ezekiel Elliott, who we'll get to. So I'll just ask you this, folks listening to this podcast surely want Ramondre Stevenson on their fantasy team. I would if I had one. Friends, who would invite me in a league? Uh, How high is too high for Ramondre Stevenson?
1: I'm thinking mid-second round, even maybe second round in general, is a little too high for Ramondre Stevenson because of the uh, uncertainty with Ezekiel Elliott. But I am going to tell you 100% Though Dalvin Cook ended up signing with another AFC East team and kind of muddied up that backfield uh, in New York, I was thrilled when the Patriots signed Ezekiel Elliott and not Dalvin Cook because I think Dalvin Cook's got a lot more left in the tank than Ezekiel Elliott has. And when I looked at the numbers, Ezekiel Elliott last year, one of the least efficient runners in football, one of the, I mean, one of the level worst receiving backs in the entire NFL last season. Um, he uh, uh, by fantasy points data of running backs who ran fifty or more routes, he had the fifth lowest yards per route run, um, and that included guys like a former Patriot Jacob Johnson. I put I, <laughs> fullbacks were in there, so that's how bad Ezekiel Elliott was as a receiver last year. Uh, Damian Harris, who I know Patriots fans probably do not view as uh necessarily Kevin Falk back there, uh, more than doubled Ezekiel Elliott in yards per route run. Ramondre Stevenson nearly tripled Ezekiel Elliott in yards per route run. So I looked at that number and I'm like, okay, do I think Ezekiel Elliott is going to get some third down snaps? Yes, because I think Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien, they come from the old school. They're going to like running backs who can protect their quarterback, and Ezekiel Elliott can still do that. They're going to like guys who on third and one can pick up two yards. Ezekiel Elliott is still adept at that. But I never viewed this as a situation where Ramondre Stevenson was going to play a hundred percent of the snaps. He's not Christian McCaffrey. Um, even though he caught 60 passes last year, I still think, by the way, that's going to be a big part of
0: his game. Because well, 60% last year or whatever it was, it was in that neighborhood. It yeah. was like an all time high for, for Belichick era running backs. And you saw it at the end of the last part of the season, where in the last three games, he's averaging just 27 yards per game after contact up until yeah. then it had been 51 and part of that's on bad blocking, but you're right. Like he he won't be a hundred percent. If he does 60 again, I think something will have gone wrong.
1: Yeah. And there was a stretch last season with, with his, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, where, uh, this is, um, weeks five through 13 before he got kind of dinged up where he, he had a snap rate of 78.8%. Uh, and he had a 20.8% target share. Those were both second among running backs over that span. So it goes to show you that he was playing a serious bell cow role that can fall back and maybe he can get to the 60, 65% range. And trust me, there are definitely going to be drives where I'm sitting there on a Sunday. My my couch over here, Callahan, I, I sit on that Sunday at that couch, 18 days a year. It's on NFL Sundays. The rest of the time it's occupied by my two greyhounds over here. So I, I rent it from them on NFL Sundays, but I guarantee they're going to be, and it might even be week one against Philadelphia where you see Ramondre Stevenson put 45 yards together on a 70-yard drive and Ezekiel Elliott falls ass backwards into the end zone. Like, and that's frustrating for fantasy. It will happen. But I'm still not low on Ramondre Stevenson because he was so much better than Ezekiel Elliott in basically every department last year. And I never once presumed that he was going to be a 100% snap share kind of guy, that those guys really don't exist anymore. Even Christian McCaffrey doesn't do that anymore. So it's, it, it's a guy who I have in the third round. I have him firmly in my top 12 running backs, which makes him a number one running back for fantasy. If I were to start my draft, let's just say I, I think this is a really good year to start with two wide receivers. Let's say I start my draft drafting Jamar Chase in the first round and Devontae Smith in the second. Ramondre Stevenson in the third round is pretty appealing as my number one running back because I feel like those wide receivers can carry me and then Ramondre Stevenson maybe he has some up and down weeks but he's certainly going to have weeks when he has 20-25 touches
0: I think those are still in the cards please correct me if I'm wrong well a couple things on Ramondre one last year by a traditional running back standpoint from from fantasy you know he wasn't your bell cow guy it was the touches the catches that he had versus the rushing touchdowns he only had five rushing touchdowns that's a number that I think he could surpass this year even with Ezekiel Elliott sitting waiting perching to vulture those scores right at the end and so for me he just barely eclipsed a thousand yards rushing as I mentioned only the five touchdowns he led the team in catches that won't happen again I don't think but what it also underscores with those catches was he was one of two players that Mac Jones trusted in that offense? That offense is gone. The coaching staff is rearranged. We don't have to revisit that, but he'll only build on that trust with Mac, I think, this year. Mm-hmm. And you see it when Mac is under pressure, which is an area that I know he's been working on and needs to, and something that you'll see on third down and in the red zone. He's going to go to the guy that he knows A, can can catch the ball, but B, make somebody miss. And there aren't a ton of guys like that on this roster. So between their relationship and dynamic, and the stats you saw last year, go okay. He's got more competition, um, in, in at the goal line with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, Damon right. Harris still better power rusher, uh, pure rusher. He can he can have better numbers than last year. I think kind of fulfill what you would want from a, a running back there. So late second round sounds fair because I know this depends, right? Like if you're yeah. you know late second round, you're probably not waiting for the third to come around, or maybe you are if it's a snake draft. But um, that's that's kind of the window there. Basically late early. second, early
1: third round, I think, is the right spot. I
0: was just looking at
1: uh, ADP, average draft position for those uh, uninitiated, um, at, in the NFFC uh, drafts, which are which are high-stakes drafts. As a matter of fact, his ADP, I think, is a little too low. He's going in the late third round in those leagues. And mm. there there's one where NFFC is different. It has third-round reversal, which we'll get into the we can get into the weeds on that if you want to but i don't late, okay <laughs> I just, I don't. late third, he's a late third round pick there which i think is a really good value especially as a number one running back and here is here's something about the patriots whenever i tweet something about the patriots and i was tweeting when they signed ezekiel elliott you might have seen this um and, and i was just I, I tweeted like frankly guys i said there's no evidence ezekiel elliott's better than damian harris right now um and people are like, well, you know, it doesn't matter, Ramondre. You don't draft Patriot running backs. Everybody knows you don't draft Patriot running backs. And I I instinctively push back on that. There are league winners in this backfield almost every year. You know, Ramondre was... He wasn't a true league winner because he didn't score enough touchdowns last year, but he was a foundational part of a good fantasy roster last year. Damian Harris, what, scored 15 rushing touchdowns two years ago. There was the, the year, I think it might have been 2017 or 2016. LeGarrette Blunt was literally a free fantasy pick, and he scored 18 rushing touchdowns. James White has had years where he's caught 70 passes. There are league winners in this Patriots backfield almost every single year, and that's even in the post. Tom Brady era because Damian Harris did it two years ago and Ramondre did it last year when they didn't even have an actual play caller on staff. So I push back against the notion that you don't draft Patriot running backs because they produce. They have produced.
0: I'm glad you said that. And I think the value to be found, again, non fantasy expert, having the fantasy expert Mm -hmm. on his podcast, is in the later round players because those are most likely to give you value. You know, Ramondre Stevenson, you take him in the second, third round needs to match the stats we just listed off from last year or even better to fulfill that investment you've made in the draft you take ezekiel elliott in the last round i I don't know where he's going i don't know his adp and he gets 10 touchdowns just by virtue of Mondre being banged up for a couple weeks and he's at the goal line anyway where he got 12 last year um that seems like great value so on zeke the idea of value in late round in this backfield like i i wouldn't draft Ty montgomery kevin harris is whatever pierre strong just got healthy again and who knows uh What is Zeke's value? What more do you need to see from him if you're going to draft him? Are you drafting him at all?
1: Uh, What it would have to be would be on a team where I have three or four running backs who I feel really good about. Um, and then I'm just like, all right, I'm looking for cheap touchdowns and maybe some cheap catches and Ezekiel Elliott could certainly provide that his ADP over the last two weeks on the NFFC and now keep in mind that includes drafts before he signed anywhere so it's probably a little deflated um, is about 150 picks into the draft which would make him a 13th round pick. Um, that also includes a draft where he went as high as 97 overall which would have been the first pick of the ninth round so there are people thinking Ezekiel
0: Elliott how many beers how many beers Joe for you to take Ezekiel Elliott 97
1: I would have to drink enough to pass out on my computer and auto draft it (laughs) okay Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have my yeah. first draft tonight. It's, uh, it's, um, it's an auction slash salary cap draft. Uh, mm-hmm. I have literally been in one of those drafts where somebody fell asleep by the way, because you like just had a long day at work, not a pleasant experience. Trust me. No, uh, I'm not taking Ezekiel Elliott at 97 overall, but if he's 150 picks into the draft, like I said, Patriot running backs have been league winners in the past, but you also astutely pointed out. I, we weren't drafting James White in the third round. You know, we weren't drafting LeGarrette Blunt in the third round. We're drafting Ramondre Stevenson in the third round. So he needs to there's an expectation that he's going to be a league-winning type of player. Ezekiel Elliott, I really could see a scenario, and this makes me sick to say it, but I could see a scenario where he scores seven touchdowns. And yes. I I'm I'm sitting there saying, you know, that was actually a pretty good pick. I, I didn't like making it at the time, but I didn't like I did not like drafting LeGarrette Blunt in 2016 and he ended up being like the league winning player.
0: Well, let me make you feel a little bit better because as I mentioned, you know, the Patriots just had their last two training camp practices uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Ezekiel Elliott specifically on Wednesday padded practice, a little more run focused, got a lot of work at the goal line. So we were all writing here in new England. Oh, he's going to help in pass protection. He'll be better in short yardage, do the dirty work. And I'm I'm not, I'm like making fun of myself saying this. It was just, it was an echo chamber for a week around the time that he signed. Because these are all true things. Those are his remaining plus skills. The Patriots see the same thing, man, based on what yeah. I've seen at practice and just anything you might want to look back on the last couple of years in Dallas. Like he's only all pro. Uh, honor was his rookie. His last Pro Bowl honor, I think it was in 2018. Like that guy going like this, you know, it's like one spoonful now at a time, and it's always from the two-yard line or in. So that that could happen.
1: Yeah, he's got some metamucil in there, but uh, <laughs> but like, uh, hey, hey, door. you know. Yeah. Now yeah. look, um, the thing about running backs for fantasy, though, and I always say I call it Jan- I call this Janice's Razor. Um, there was a player on fantasy Twitter who I mean he he still talked about in kind of a joking manner, but um, years ago the Green Bay Packers had a super hyper athletic. Um, receiver by the name of Jeff Janis, and Fantasy Twitter loved him. He ranked higher in Dynasty rankings than 100 guys who were who were better than him, but people just loved him because he was hyper-athletic. But I said, Janice's razor is something I came up with, with. It doesn't matter how much you like a player. It doesn't matter how much you think he's underutilized. It doesn't matter how much he's getting screwed by his coach if he's not on the field. And you can also flip that. It might not matter how washed you think Ezekiel Elliott is. People screaming last year, oh my God, Tony Pollard is so much better than this guy. They were right. But Ezekiel Elliott was still touching the ball 10 to 15 times a game. So it doesn't matter if you think he's washed, if he's touching the ball 10 to 15 times a game, because there's going to be inherent value in him touching the ball 10 to 15 times per game. And if he's touching the ball 10 to 15 times, which I don't think he will with New England, but let's just make the argument, that's 10 to 15 touches that Ramondre Stevenson will not get.
0: Spoiler alert! He's getting at least seven to twelve, I think. Oh boy, per game. Yeah. All right, uh, we could bet on that if we wanted to. Maybe we'll do a side bet. But if I- we I'm not any... going to bet against
1: you on Patriots running
0: backs. <laughs> <laughs> Betting on Patriots running backs, as we've already documented, yeah, uh, not a great uh, idea. But. Um, Let's go to the receivers because the receiver conversation in New England, I'll say the last like six, seven months, maybe six, seven years, has just been, oh, there's not enough. They need to get more Mm -hmm. talent, blah, blah, blah. As you mentioned, it doesn't need to be enough. As long as they're on the field from a fantasy standpoint, they can produce. And so, as I said already, Juju Smith-Schuster and Devontae Parker, two surefire starters. Kendrick Bourne will be the number three. DeMario Douglas is waiting, perching. Looking, we'll see, a little dinged up right now. Um, when you look at that group, based on things you read or heard or charted or expected and all the research you have at Fantasy Points, what stands out? How many of them are fantasy relevant?
1: People are drafting Juju in, like, the top nine rounds of fantasy drafts. And it it's just something I never do. Um, I, I, like, I, I never feel good about stuff. Look, look, Juju Smith-Schuster had, like, three or four relevant weeks with the Kansas City Chiefs last year. How how much do I think he's gonna get with the Patriots? I mean, they're they don't have a target hound like Travis Kelsey on this team, but they don't have Patrick Mahomes. Um <laughs> uh, I like Bill O'Brien, but they don't have Andy Reed. So I just that is one I, I can tell you, Callahan. I do hundreds of best ball drafts. I think my exposure to Juju Smith Schuster is close to zero. I don't think wow. I have any of them. Devontae Parker's a different story because when they extended Devontae Parker, restructured his contract, I know there's probably some dummy years in there as there always is with an NFL contract. I'm like, you know, I've never been a Devontae Parker guy, but he's not getting drafted in a lot of leagues. His ADP at NFFC is 246. That's wide receiver 89. You just said he's a starting wide receiver for an offense that I, I want to reiterate is going to be an actual professional offense this year. That is way too low. That's the Patriot receiver. I uh, earlier in the off season, before he disappeared from the face of the earth, I was drafting Tyquan Thornton um, as just like, Oh, he's going to be a shot play guy. I haven't, Click the name, his name. You haven't even mentioned him on this podcast. I'm sure he's a sort. Let, let I, I just want to back up and ask your opinion we're, because I'm sure he's a sore subject for Patriots fans.
0: We're we're not going to um, talk about him too much because he's 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 banged up. He was yeah. demoted after one week of camp to work with the second team offense. Mario Douglas left him, so he's your number five receiver. And a lot of the conversation here, going back to roster projections, is do you keep him or Kayshawn Booty? I would bet now that they keep six receivers, uh, which because is unusual. Given is like, basically. A wide receiver as we've uh, already yeah. talked about one thing that just hit me though listening to you and i want to credit the proper person i have amir uh who dug this up the other thing about the patriots offense as a whole if you want to be optimistic about them from a fantasy standpoint a go for it because a you're a fan uh but yeah. b they're playing with better tempo we've seen this in practice we've seen this well, in preseason important. games pat thorman uh tweeted that they've they're leaving on average more than 10 seconds on the play clock when they snap the ball more plays equals more targets equals more rushes just more volume all over the place so Demonte Parker is not a high volume guy but those targets are specifically in the red zone jump balls or what I've called 40 yard checkdowns which we've seen from Mac Jones in practice which is just okay everyone's covered DP's going long let me throw it there and he's a boomer bust player but when he booms that might be two catches for 60 yards and a touchdown and that as far as I know uh, will get done in fantasy every single week
1: yes it will uh, that's 14 points in, in a PPR league. That will get it done. So he's he's been my favorite Patriot non-Ramondre division to draft. I do want to point something out though. There are edges to be had everywhere. The 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 sleeper doesn't exist. First and foremost, uh Demario Douglas would qualify as a fantasy sleeper because almost nobody is talking about him. Wait, um, though. So
0: the headline of this podcast is Patriots fantasy sleepers. I can't, I can't have that dismissed. Maybe, maybe in your world, because you got, you, you especially are so all over all of the data and the, the yeah. sleepers might just not exist anywhere. Like the proliferation of information with the internet is, is, you know, fantasy football sleepers are now everyone's yeah. just favorite players. But, but if no one's drafting Devonte Parker, is he not yeah. a sleeper? And, and
1: he is. Um, I think people are just kind of bored with Devonte Parker because he's never kind of lived up to like, he is unequivocally not a bust because he's been in the league, it feels like 15 years now, but he's yeah. never kind of ascended to like the heights of a first round receiver that you think he should. Um, but no, he does qualify. Like guys that people, well, maybe people are so bored that they've fallen asleep and just don't want to draft buddy. Maybe Devontae Parker does qualify. But here is one with the Patriots. Uh, like it is a cliche in fantasy football that the sleeper doesn't exist anymore because everybody, if you're in an auction draft, or you're in a fantasy draft, you know that there's going to be that guy people are trying to slide through into the 14th round. Everybody's got the same guy because everybody reads the same article. Demario Douglas is absolutely one because I do want to ask about him. But there are still some bits of information that slip through the cracks, those little pieces of lobster meat that you didn't pull out of the tail. <laughs> and job, are you? Hunter Henry is getting yeah. drafted after Mike Kosicki. That makes zero sense based on everything that I've read from Patriots reporters. Based on everything that I'm hearing from you on today's podcast, it makes zero sense. Hunter Henry, oh, he's he's Mac Jones's guy. He's Ma- Pete, Mike Kosicki was a guy who was kind of just ignored in the Dolphins' offense last year because he can't block, and I th- think the Patriots are a better fit for Mike Kosicki than the Dolphins were. But can you? Is there any logic whatsoever in Hunter Henry being drafted after Mike Kosicki on average?
0: No, not at all. And I do want to get to the tight ends, uh, but anything quickly on Kendrick Bourne, he, fan favorite. Oh. He's in the best shape of his life. Like, uh, oh, he's one of those guys. He, uh, he's basically well, that's, that's from Belichick, and that's oh, okay. Important. Like I, this is the you know spring training, uh, training camp. Like that line, of course, mm-hmm. you know, is well worn, and it usually means nothing. But I think in his case, in some of his production, we've seen even the, the game against Green Bay. Like everyone saw that RPO slant, dig mm-hmm. route. Uh, I'm missing one other catch he had. Looks very good, but he, fantasy wise, I mean, there's there's a ceiling there.
1: His ADP on the uh, his ADP on the uh, NFFC the last two weeks is wide receiver 165. There are wow. there are drafts that you're going to have that don't have 165 total picks.
0: Okay, all right, good to know. <laughs> so um,
1: so like he is a quintessential waiver wire guy. Can nobody's ever wanted to draft Kendrick Bourne, but he's the type of guy who ends up on three different fantasy rosters in one league in the same season. That's yeah. what he is
0: okay yeah and one of those we talked about at the beginning keep an eye late september early october if all this comes to fruition best you know shape of his life he's never been stronger he's got the sure hands yada 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 um might be worth a flyer against one of the worst passing defenses uh in the league okay tight ends it does not make any sense that mike Kosicki is getting drafted after hunter henry i have been on hunter henry early he's another one of these players that bill belichick is singled out is having an excellent off season Last year, he was misused as much as any player in that offense because they asked him to pass protect uh, against teams because they couldn't pass block on their own. Hunter Henry, however, the year before, mind you, he's been very healthy the past two seasons, something that was rightfully a knock on him with the Chargers, was Max go-to guy. And the same way we just described for Devontae Parker, in the red zone, third down, or I need to throw this up and I hope the tallest dude on the field, for us, can go get it. Non-Trent Brown category. So... I'm in on Hunter Henry. I wrote yesterday that his connection with Mac has been the strongest of any pass catcher in camp. To me, whether that's real football or fantasy, that means something in a way that I don't know if I'm taking him whatever round this is your department, but as a tight end number two or like a French yes. top 10 guy, perfect. Uh, that, that's you don't need
1: to take him as a French top 10 guy. That's the beauty of it. That's because- a- there's going to be guys who people love as like kind of your sleeper tight ends. Um my my single most drafted player in all the fantasy this year is Chigizem Conquo the tight end from the Titans. Can you spell that? Uh yes, I can. C-H-I-G-O-Z-I-E-M-O-K-O-N-K-W-O. uh, O-Z-I-E-M-O-K-O-N-K-W-O. Uh Um, he's like- awesome. Uh, that was
0: awesome. Thank you.
1: You'll see him. Uh, you'll see he looks like a running back. He's a really small tight end, um, but he can move. And he had Gronk-level efficiency last year. Efficiency, not volume. Yeah, thank Big you. difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was Gronk rookie season-level efficiency. I, I'm really excited about this guy. Anyway, but Hunter Henry, um, his ADP on the NFC tight end 29. I, like I said, he's the second t- tight end drafted from the New England Patriots. It doesn't make sense. He's somebody who you probably don't even have to draft in your, in your hometown league. Maybe if you're a Patriots fan and it's a, a draft proliferated with Patriots fans, you probably do have to draft him. But he's going way too late. And there's only going to be like last year in fantasy, quite frankly, Callahan, there was one difference making tight end. One. Yeah. His name was Travis Kelsey. Mark Andrews had a disappointing year. Kyle Pitts can't get in the end zone to save his life and got hurt. Um, you know, Dallas Goddard injured and, and is the third wheel in Philadelphia. There's one difference making tight end in fantasy last year. Um, so more likely than not, your team is going to have to shuffle through tight ends on the waiver wire. Hunter Henry, if he has the best connection with Mac Jones, but there are only a few tight ends who you could say, that guy's going to get 10 targets a week. Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts when he's healthy, um, Kittle when he's healthy, Darren Waller when he's healthy. Yeah. More likely than not, what you're looking for from your tight end is going to be touchdowns. And you pick a guy up off the waiver wire and you say, "All right, here's what I'm looking for: three for 35 and a touchdown." Does Does Hunter Henry not fit that to a T?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a great point. I think we're aligned. I, I don't think we need to sell the people uh, anymore. Yeah. You mentioned Mike Gesicki. I I want to hit on him quickly again he's been was out for eight days got a shoulder injury red non-contact jersey in in training camp uh but he's back and to me that's an encouraging sign for his availability week one against the Eagles you know whether or not he actually plays obviously TBD he will be better used in this offense because like I mentioned he will be utilized as a receiver which he really big really will
1: actually be used yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's hard to be
0: worse it. than what Miami did with him last yeah. year. Franchise tagging Mike Kosicki, not because of the player of the caliber, but just his fit in a Shanahan offense where those tight ends have to block. They block a lot. They need to block well. Sometimes defensive ends on their own. Uh, that's never, ever been Mike Kosicki going back to high school. So it was uh, a mess, predictably, until yep. the Patriots buy low, and here he is. And I think he'll bounce back, but seems to be like a ceiling of maybe 600 yards six touchdowns if, if we which get would be that.
1: an excellent season for a fantasy tight end by the way that's an excellent season and that's maybe why people are drafting him because they view him as having a higher ceiling than hunter henry has as a receiver because we have seen that from Gisicki in the past
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment That is
1: a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The Deal. deal.
0: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
1: Callahan, have you been pushing the recruiting uh, angle?
0: The fact that Bill O'Brien recruited Kosicki to Penn State? No. (laughs) You know what's funny? This came up a week ago, too, is a receivers coach, Ross Douglas. Uh, was recruited to Penn State when O'Brien first got there and instead went to Michigan and now he's working under O'Brien as a receivers coach even though he played linebacker and what else uh, Ross Douglas played in college but either way transferred to Rutgers played a little bit more as most people do going from Michigan to Rutgers and yeah it's him it's McSorley Gasicki like it is it's a little Penn State route. your boy here if yeah. I count for two three years covering the team yeah. So I like, but, but people are,
1: people have pushed that narrative. Like people are looking for those little edges in fantasy no, football. Uh, that's
0: silly. You're, you're yeah. grasping your straws. And like, <laughs> I'm if I not to know that stuff and all the empty space it occupies yeah. in my brain, but like that from a, a material impact on the field or in fantasy, just, uh, I, I yeah, I mean
1: it's it's me. a little different, but, but I'm t- I'm trying to rationalize sure. why Henry why uh, Hunter Henry is getting drafted after Mike sick in fantasy, and that's one of the angles I have seen pushed. Indeed.
0: All right, let's go big picture. Uh, we have one question: uh, someone who's drafting at ten and eleven in their draft, just give us a couple names you like. Uh, in uh, the kind of wrap around area.
1: Yeah. So that is to me, this is a ten-team league, which you're probably looking for more of an edge at certain positions. For instance, I don't think he'll be there, but this is an ideal spot to draft Travis Kelsey because if he falls to 10, that gives you 10 team leagues. Everybody's going to have good players. So you want to have players who just completely nobody else can have that caliber of player. Travis Kelsey qualifies as nobody else is going to have that caliber of player on their team. 10 team league, 18 league, 16 league, nobody's going to have a tight end who compares to Travis Kelsey. So that's an ideal spot to draft Kelsey if he's there. His ADP is a little higher than that, but sometimes people don't like drafting tight ends in the first round. To me, that's a spot where you go receiver receiver. Okay. And this year, people have kind of taken the running back's don't matter mantra into fantasy. Ooh. And it's a it's a it's a fantasy philosophy that we call zero RB. And That that uh, gentleman by the name of Sean Siegel came up with that a number of years ago. And what his and what he posited and he ended up profiting from this big time in a high stakes league is that running back is the most fragile position in fantasy. And it's also the most readily available position in fantasy on the waiver wire because volume rules talent uh, at the running back position. And if a, a, a high level running back goes down, somebody's going to get his touches because the run game is not going anywhere. You can debate the value of running backs themselves, as we're seeing with the Jonathan Taylor-Jim Irsay fiasco, but the run game is going nowhere. You need to run the football, whether that's with a high price player or a low price player. And what, what Sean posited was that you can go and find running backs later in drafts who could potentially benefit from an injury or grab somebody off the waiver wire. This year, people are taking that to heart more than ever before. When I first started in the industry, the industry standard was still running back, running back at the top of your draft. It just does not exist that way anymore. There are only three running backs getting consistently drafted in basically every first round. Those three are Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, and Bijan Robinson. Guys like Saquon Barkley... Tony Pollard, who would be absolute lock first round picks in basically any year in the past are almost universally getting drafted in the second round.
0: That's interesting because, um, and I want to get to some guys that you like or dislike more than consensus here in a second, but it mirrors, you know, I think I was on Toucher and Rich the other day. They were asking about the running back market. And I said, the guys that will get paid are those who function more as a receiver. And the top three backs you just listed at the top in the first round, Mm -hmm. McCaffrey, uh, Eckler, and Bijan Robinson, who hasn't played an NFL snap, but we're all getting the Saquon comparisons, yada yada yada. Um will catch the ball a whole lot. And so yeah. it seems to me fantasy is coming closer to mirroring the front office methods of building a roster and valuing those, those running backs. So I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Though I will say zero r b has nothing on the Janice Razor. I, I'm I'm all in on the Janice Razor.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Janice's razor. Yeah, that, razor, that's where I didn't come you, up. Thanks. I didn't come up with zero r RB. I did come up with Janice's razor. Right. that's so. that's
0: why I got you. You're yeah. my guy. I'm gonna back it. All right, uh, three to four guys. You are higher on or lower than consensus. These are your guys or guys you are keeping far, far away.
1: But let, me, uh, let me go get my wallet out here and look at my most drafted players on Underdog Fantasy right now, which is where I've done almost 100% of my drafts right now. Okay. So I've already mentioned Chigazam Okonkwo. Okay. Uh, he is my most drafted tight end. As a matter of fact, I've actually gone past him with some other players. Let's let's go to guys who might actually help you in a league that doesn't have 18 rounds and is, and is being drafted by sickos like me. The
0: audience says universally in unison. Thank you.
1: Um, Rashad white. He's the running back from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had a just completely broken offense last year. Um, he was one of the least efficient runners in football, but so was Leonard Fournette and you know, this isn't like the Tony Pollard-Zeke Elliott relationship where one guy was just so much better than the other. We can blame that on the offense in Tampa Bay. Um, they they have a new coordinator. Yes, Tom Brady's gone, but I'm actually a little more optimistic about the, the run game under the new coordinator, and they have a healthier offensive line. Rashad White is a player who I am significantly higher on than ADP. If we go to wide receiver, um, Hollywood Brown I view as somebody who's just going to have to get targets. He's like a sixth round pick of Marquise Brown of the Arizona Cardinals. Yep. They just treat them now. Look, Jeffrey Simmons has not been good in the NFL, but go look at the talent on that defense. It's atrocious.
0: Well, it got worse in the time that we were prepping for this pod and started recording because Isaiah Simmons is on his way to the Giants. So, right here, they'll be playing so, catch up.
1: Yeah. So, it, it's just atrocious. Um, And somebody's going to have to catch the football. When DeAndre Hopkins was out last year, Marquise Brown was getting targeted at at a top five rate um, in the NFL. So this is a guy who's available in like the sixth round of drafts who you can get who I think is going to be a very, very uh, target heavy player. You don't want to – like you don't never feel good drafting players from teams that are going to stink, but at least you know teams that are going to stink are going to have to throw the ball because they're going to be playing from behind. Another wide receiver who I'm back in – I'm going to go with two more wide receivers. Okay, Because they were two guys who I was in on, one more than the other last year, who did not come through for for multiple reasons that I'm back in on this year. Sky Moore, the Kansas City Chiefs, I just think he got off on the wrong foot as a rookie. They put him in as a punt returner, even though he had never done it. He's fumbling, he's muffing punts. That was a mistake by the Chiefs coaching staff, and it increased his learning curve. Everything I've heard from camp has been majorly positive on Sky Moore. He is taking over the Juju Smith-Schuster slot role. Um, you're also hearing about Justin Ross, who's a guy you could probably, in your home league, let go on the waiver wire. The former Clemson receiver. who I was going to maybe
0: not in Greenville, South Carolina. Not in Greenville,
1: South Carolina, much, yeah. you can't. Uh, yeah, I was in uh, my hometown league uh, last year. Um, but we have, we've just, like, in our neighborhood, it's a $10 league. You know, and those are always the leagues I'm scared of, by the way, because I never know what anybody's going to do. Um, I, I was going against my, my across-the-street neighbor, uh, Sandy, last year in week one. She she drafted uh, – it was two years ago. She drafted Tom Brady in the first round, which, by the, by the way, you just don't
0: do. Um, yeah, but no one, no one in this podcast or YouTube watch is knocking, I don't think.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, Hunter, and she drafted Hunter Renfro in the second round. Oh, Okay, so she's a Clemson alum. So she drafted Hunter Renfro in the second round, and I'm like, oh my lord, oh this is going to be such an awful team. Um, that was that was the 2021 season, and I'm sitting there in in just absolute dismay in Week One as Hunter Renfro's catching like eight passes for 95 yards, and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Um, but yeah. no, but like uh, anyway, uh, like. Greenville, South Carolina, Justin Ross is probably going to get drafted. In, in Boston, Massachusetts, he's probably not going to get drafted. But Sky Moore is the guy I'm in on who's taken over the juju role. And the other guy is an NFC, AFC East wide receiver um, whom Patriots fans are going to be familiar with. He's in Buffalo. His name's Gabriel Davis. And um, obviously he had that huge four-touchdown game in the playoffs against the Chiefs two years ago. And he was ascending into the fourth round last year, and I was part of the hype train driving it. This year, he suffered a high ankle sprain last year in week two. And he was never right by his own admission, uh, by the admission of the Bills coaching staff this offseason. And in fantasy, I think we tend to punish guys who get hurt and play through injury and maybe are 60% of what they should be as opposed to, oh, I totally forgot that that guy missed three games last season because he was awesome in all the other games that he that he um, that he played in. And Gabriel Davis, Stephon Diggs has come out and said this guy's going to have a breakout season. Uh, Josh Allen, it's night and day. Bills beat writers are like, my Gabe Davis is one of the stars at camp, and because there's it's post hype for him, he is significantly more affordable in drafts this year. Where's so, he? Where's he going? Uh, these all these guys that I just mentioned are going in like the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth round pocket. Okay. Um, and those are those. Th- th- that's kind of the meat of your draft, right? Like y- you have you have the glitz and glamour at the top, but th- those are league winning draft picks. Those are guys who I hate. Oh, guys, you can't leave your draft without because you can get yourself into trouble if you're going two, three rounds above ADP to draft players. Um, but those are th- those are four guys who will make up a lot of the a lot of the 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 foundation of my fantasy teams because draft position dictates so much of what your team looks like at the top i'm not getting justin jefferson if i have the ninth pick it's not going to happen but i can get rashad white and sky more and gabriel davis on multiple teams because as as the rounds go as the rounds um as time increases in your draft the gap between the 60th pick and the 70th pick is a lot smaller than the gap between the first pick and the fifth pick. So, right. you, so you're able to package a lot of those players together. So that's why I highlighted those players.
0: Well, I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you dropping some fantasy knowledge, all the research, anything anyone wants to know about fantasy. Visit Fantasy Points. This is the owner, managing editor, Joe Dolan. To recap what we said about the Patriots, too high for a reminder, Steve, it's probably middle second round. But late second round, early third round, go nuts. Devontae Parker is a receiver we are both in on from folks who are looking at practice or those looking uh, at his stats and his opportunities here and targets. A little lower on Juju, who's going pretty high. Kendrick Bourne or DeMar Douglas, you want a late round flyer. No one's going to stop you, especially Dynasty uh, for Douglas. And bye, bye, bye on Hunter Henry. So that is Joe Dolan. You got to run. Thank you for the time, man. I'm already looking forward to uh, next year. Hopefully you don't dread it as much as the first thing you would Yeah, I, would love, I would
1: love for Bill O'Brien to come out and have this team be like freaking – I think Patriots fans would be thrilled if they were like 15th in offense this year. Just have a professional offense this year and actually put the ball in the hands of playmakers outside of Ramondre Stevenson. I would be thrilled with that, and I think Pats fans would be too.
0: They will be. I've told everyone who's asked, it's going to be a much more fun season. It could be 8-9, it could be 9-8. Uh, but I think this season is going to be a ton of fun. It starts with your Eagles and week one, but all right. Thank you again, sir. All right, Andrew. See you, buddy.